Hey, Real Talkers, it's Dr. Nikki here, and we are starting to dive into the very intricate, somewhat messed up, and exciting world of Ginny and Georgia. So we start off our conversation with Angie and I kind of disagreeing about how much we liked or didn't like the show. Angie was a little hesitant. I think the show is pretty fantastic with lots of great messages and difficult ones. So you listen and you decide and start talking. Love you guys. Hey everyone, it's Dr. Nikki and Angie, and here we are recording this wonderful episode for Mom and Teen Real Talk that we're actually live streaming on Facebook, which is pretty exciting because we have a, a great audience that wants to see us and and hear what we have to say and really use what I believe are revolutionary tools to get conversations going for people that really struggle to talk. And I know to, what it was like for me to talk to my family when I was a teenager. It was an unbearable, critical time that I felt like I couldn't actually be heard or that nobody was listening or people were criticizing. And I felt very alone with all this. And I would go off and do not so healthy things so that I wouldn't have to bear the unbearable. So I don't know if you've had some of those experiences, Angie, but through this, we are just going to have so much fun and talk about all the things, but not directly related to our personal experiences, but rather the experiences of our teen characters who are there for us to comment on. That is why these shows are put out. That's why people love them so much. And you're watching them together in some form anyway. So you might as well take advantage of it. I don't know what you think about that, Angie. Yeah, exactly. Right. So today we're going to be talking about Ginny and Georgia. Um, Right. These shows are out there. It's entertainment. People are watching. But, um, you know, if you're not talking about it, we're missing out on the opportunity for like, real conversations for getting to know the person that we're sitting next to on the couch, the person in our family who's watching this show. So like having, having these discussions about a TV show sounds a little inane, but it's, it's an opportunity to learn someone else's opinions, learn somebody else's thought process. What do they think about this character? Why do they like this show? Or why do they hate this show? Or what similarities do they see? So you can get to know someone better by talking about a TV show. And it's a fun way to do it. And it's a great way for teens because they are watching this this stuff. So teens and parents together can have these talks. That's what we're here for. What did you think of Jenny and Georgia? I know that we disagree on this on some level, but I loved it. I found it fascinating. And I was trying to figure out why is Angie not going to love the show? And there's something just so incredibly raw about it. It feels almost too intense, too deep, too manipulative, too whatever. And I think about that conversation that you and I had about the love bubble and the children and whatever. And it feels like Ginny and Georgia are so out of the love bubble, but also it it feels like, like Georgia is not keeping her kids in the love bubble. They are surrounded by all of these difficult things all the time. But I do believe that Georgia did the best she could in the way that she knew how to protect herself in order to keep them as safe as possible. 
Uh, yeah, so we can, we'll have lots to talk about because I watched this show. I thought I don't even want to discuss it because I would not want to encourage one more person on planet earth to view this TV show. <laughs> if you haven't, I recommend not watching it. Oh no, I, everybody um, has though. That's the whole thing. I think everybody <laughs> has. I would I hope know. that my kids would never watch a show like this, or if they saw 10 minutes of it, that they would turn it off. Um, I I mean, of course, it's fun as entertainment, right? Like it's like like watching a whatever Fast and Furious movie is fun. Um, but I think the alarming part of it for me is that the way that the characters are portrayed, it's like these are desirable qualities, like being manipulative, using sex. The only value you have as a woman is to like put on your heels and then you can have some power. Like there's one avenue to power and it's sex. I hate everything about this. I hate the, the idea that the mom feels like she loves her kids the she feels like she has a good relationship and knows what's happening with them and she absolutely has no idea what's happening with them in reality she has no idea what their emotions and feelings and their real struggles are uh it's all just like blindness i i feel for this for this young girl how, going through all of this uh yeah I just think everything about it is disturbing, but that it's presented in sort of an appealing way where if you were watching it as a young person, you would think sort of like, yeah, I want to be like her. And that is the most disturbing element to me that anybody would ever think these qualities were appealing or like badass or I want to go for that. So that's, oh, that's my concern. So interesting because as the season goes on, you really do know that things are fraying at the edges and you don't want those qualities necessarily. I think in a sexist society, women are told that our only playing card, and I felt like I was told this when I was young, was my ability to either attract a man or use a man or manipulate a man or whatever it was. Right. But yeah, but sexism and we still live in a very sexist society does kind of give women the value of the dollar based on what they can put forth sexually. And so given the intense sexism of the society, I don't fault any woman for trying to use whatever they can figure out in order to keep their lives at least safe. Georgia definitely needed to keep her life safe because mm -hmm. she was unsafe from moment one. She was unsafe from her mom. She was unsafe from the dad that was abusing her and then sexually the dad, abusing yeah. her. She was unsafe by some of the choices, but she kept trying to go after at least the better feeling life or the slightly better life. And she thought she was doing that the best that she could figure out for a 15 year old girl that was pregnant with a child while she was in the middle of a very abusive situation. Yeah. And I don't fault her for that. Yeah. Get out of your situation with whatever you can. She used the tools she had, you know, and, and that's how she escaped. I hate that she continued in as an adult with more insight that she continues that, that she teaches that to her children, that she teaches that to people he, she knows and she just runs around in the office using um now she has more tools right like now she has more options for safety she's in a safe situation she is free and instead 
she's just like using this. So I think that's what bothers me. It's just her being such a master manipulator and it's all presented as like very cool in the show. And her, like, I hate this kind of mom wine thing, the, um, like they're all dancing around in, but she's playing with a gun. Like, I mean, there's so much like weirdness that I feel like the show doesn't, it doesn't line up. Like she feels in this happy bond, but she also feels miserable. She can't sleep. She's haunted by her past. She has this terrorizing trauma that she's trying to heal from or escape from she's um but she's like continuing it and perpetuating it in kind of like a glamorous way yeah no that's true and I think on some level we're all doing that unless we have some insight about wanting to shift that around so generally if you've got a belief or some kind of what I call a recording like an idea in your head that's just been solidified based on your own experiences and then attached to so many other things, then that idea becomes the the idea that you live your life with thinking that you're going to be safe. And people are doing that in a million different ways. I love that idea about kind of the wine drinking, but I kind of understand it because as you get older and we're kind of told that we're not supposed to have fun, like fun isn't productive, fun isn't necessarily something that you right. want to do. You've got to grow up and not have fun. And you know, I'm all about the fun right now. I'm writing a book about having fun. And so the only way that we were allowed to have fun, and you could see that with the teenagers is through whatever social lubricant is kind of the one of the day. And alcohol is probably the easiest to get depending on where you are, but that is the only allowable fun that you're you can have from a certain age to another age. So Mm -hmm. I think that we have to really start redefining the idea about what fun is and who's allowed to have fun and how much fun that we can have. I am like all about the fun. I spend the whole day because I'm in an office, you know, I'm, I'm a physician in Nome and I'm in an office with three other women. And I've decided that my biggest job is to love these women as much as I possibly can and have as much stupid fun as I possibly can. So that is, has been working really well for me, but I, I don't think that we're given a lot of leeway to do that. Yeah, that's so deliberate and intentional. That's a great point, Nikki, because I think um, like we can see this, this, the woman on this show is Ginny. No, Georgia is the mom, right? Georgia is just recreating her cycle and she's stuck. She's probably not having very much fun that, and a lot of us get stuck in a cycle that we're just somehow continuing and we think it's the only way to live and we don't stop and examine it. And we're not really deliberate, like, Hey, I want to have more fun. That would be okay. How can I have more fun? We don't, we don't think about it, um, often as adults. So that's a good point to bring up and something we can learn. Yeah. Uh, no, what definitely. do you, Go ahead. yeah. What do you like about it? What do you, what, what do you like about the show or what, good stuff do you see? Tell me the good stuff because I'm coming hard on the negative. I know that, Angie. It's really wild because I feel like you, you've you watched the two episodes and I would love you to continue to watch, even though it almost looks like it's kind of against what it is that you want to do. You don't want anyone watching the show. My thoughts are people are watching the show. And so I want us to really be able to analyze it as opposed to what you say, just 
kind of glamorize what it is that they're doing because clearly it's not glamorous. And as you go through the show, you really see the difficulties with the class stuff. She was raised for really without much, much opportunity. And she figures out her opportunities. And I really like that about her is that she Mm -hmm. is figuring out opportunities. It's not to say without its struggle, without its difficulties. I I think part of it is that people aren't talking. And that's why we're doing these podcasts, because we would really love them to be able to talk. She can't really listen to her daughter because she doesn't want to hear her daughter upset in any way. And in her mind, she feels like she was absolutely protecting them from every up upset that they could possibly come across. And it's an interesting thing, like even even me who is trying to really be insightful about what's going on and work on myself and stay open, my daughter still has struggles and she will have struggles of an oppressive society, of a society that thinks about children in a certain way, as a society who believes that women are a certain way. So, so she is not immune to any of these struggles. And that's why we get to kind of stay in there and listen. And Georgia has a hard time to do that because she really believes that she can protect them, not only protect them, but raise their class level. She, she's moving to the middle class or to the, you know, to the, the upper class or whatever it is. She assumes that there will be no problems there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think there's any way possibly that we can, we can't raise our kids in a bubble as much as we want to, right? All of our kids are going to have struggles. I have four kids and, um, I think I've made a thousand mistakes as a parent, a thousand mistakes a year, but, (laughs) um, but I think, yeah, I want to be open and I want them to have talks with me, but I'm sure they're going to have struggles. And I know that I can't avoid those struggles for them as much as I would love to do that or protect them from that. I guess my issue with this is just, it's more like masquerading as like empowerment for women, but really it's just cattiness for women, judginess. She's really sneaky and fake with her like, oh, I'm pretty as a peach like all her schmooziness and then when she tells her daughter she's like yeah that lady doesn't know you know it's just all this backward like a woman scorned I want power kind of thing it all just rubs me there it feels like this show came out in like 1981 (laughs) like we're just backtracking I want to be like where is why doesn't she teach her daughter a different path. If she grew up from this with all this struggle, why doesn't she focus on a different avenue for her son and her daughter instead of kind of just recreating this? Like, well, you've got two things. You've either got power or you've got passion. That's what sex is for. It's just not so to me. So I don't know. It rubs me the wrong way. I totally see why it would rub you the wrong way, Angie. Yeah. What about the men in the show? Everyone, all the men just discount women and underestimate women. Like not all the men are your hypnotizing power. As long as actually there are, there are some really wonderful progressive men. Zion, definitely one of them. Zion had his own struggles. 
really great guy. And you could see that she knows that he's a great guy and that he is her best friend. And he's not one she's attacking. She really knows this. The other thing is, and I I think you didn't get far enough in it, is that the man she's going to marry, Paul, the mayor, even Mm -hmm. though he's in some ways, he's a little bit naive. He grew up in his own little bubble of upper class protection or whatever it was, but he is a very kind person. And then Joe, the person who owned the restaurant is actually really kind and really wonderful. I like who's Ginny's dating. There mm-hmm. are some wonderful guys here. And Austin, even her son, is a very thoughtful, kind guy. So it, it's sprinkled in there. There are lots of really progressive, thoughtful men in this show that actually Georgia does not come after. But she does believe, because when you're living, like I said, in a sexist world, that the guys are exerting their power in the way they know how to exert power. And she Mm -hmm. needed to figure out how to sting first so that she actually could keep herself and her children as safe as they could possibly be. Yeah. And that's what she could figure out. Um. Yeah, I can see that that struggle for her, but I'm like afraid she's setting it up for her daughter. And just like that um Ginny going through this terrible situation with that that creepy jerk who is the best friend's um brother <laughs> who at the very beginning she meets the best friend's brother. He sort of flirts with her, then she decides to lose her virginity to him he doesn't know that was her first time he drops her immediately and goes back to his girlfriend and doesn't speak to her it was just this painful situation when and she doesn't tell her mom about it or anyone or the, her best friend or um and then she's just kind of stuck she's self-harming we see and then the mom is saying like no secrets right like i know everything we've got i know you're like Instagram, private Instagram. I know how the kids are today. Like she's all hip and informed and she doesn't know anything about it. I, that's really alarming too of like, yeah, Yeah, no, I, I mean, I totally, I hear what you're saying with that, but uh, honestly, like you'll see things switch around and it switches around really beautifully. It turns out that he was also a virgin and he's trying to figure out something and he definitely deals with depression and demons of his own. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. So, and they turn out to actually have a, a really beautiful relationship as things go on. Mm-hmm. I I think that that is a bit of a mirror about where we even believe that the coolest of moms don't know everything. And unless you're really waiting around and listening and being a little fly on the wall, there is, there's the possibility that you're not getting information. So really you have to, if you can come in as relaxed as you possibly can and remember that your young people's feelings are their feelings and not necessarily yours. And then you're going to have to figure out how to be able to handle your own feelings and work on them in other places, as well as the feelings of other people that are coming towards you. And I think once we get to be able to do that, then we'll be able to listen in a certain way. And we might get more information and we might not, and that's okay too. But I don't think that that this is unusual. I know it, it's just it's so in our face in this one, but I think that these are things that are happening for people all the time, maybe not to this level, 
but, but hopefully are- not to this level. Good. This is, she's like murdering her stepfather. I mean, her second. Husband. I was kind of glad. Okay. Like, I know that sounds <laughs> awful, but, but there are ways in which she couldn't figure out how to get out. And that was the only way she could figure out how to get out. I'm not saying that that is the way to do it. I can think of a hundred other ways, but when you are desperate like that, it's hard to now. I mean, I work with native Alaskans and it, the oppression that happened for them and the trauma is so intense. And it's like, there is this level of, of violence going on. And I think that, that this is very possible and happening this way more than we think that there's a level of violence, a level of unspoken things, a level of, of distrust, all of it. And I, I really like the kind of mixed class things that are going on there. I kind of enjoy mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. Mm. I've, uh, I've only seen two episodes, I should say. Yeah. So I mm. don't, I don't know what happens in the whole show and, or any of this. Um, would you be willing to watch a little and go through it and see where it goes just because our people are watching or do you feel like I am out of here? I'm not doing it. <laughs> I mean, initial, my initial reaction is like, no, I really like, don't want to propagate this. I want like different shows with like thoughtful stuff happening. Like, yeah, like real character evolution, like things changing and, um, new ideas. And I don't want to go back to like 1984, but of course I'd be willing to watch it. That'd be silly not to, I feel like I'm just going to be, um, picky about everything. Well, I, I mean, One I, show I, that I, I really... love your pickiness. I want your pickiness. Honestly, like I want you to be completely yourself about where this feels like a bad message for young girls and a bad message for women. And, and I can really appreciate that. And I'm so glad that you actually get to decide that. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's really, really right. Important. Yeah. I yeah. just feel like, like kind of shows like this are just kind of continuing the cycle, right? Like if I watched this when I was 12 or I think of a 12 year old, whatever, a 15 year old watching this, maybe even a 30 year old thinking like, yeah, that looks better than my life. Like, mm, I'm going to do that. Like, I just have to go to Pilates and wear cleavage shirts. And then I do that. Like, it's like, that's the solution of what to do and how to get yourself out of that or class up or something, which is just so scary to me. I hate that when this, the creepy stepdad was, as they were practicing Pilates before she got murdered, the mom noticed that he was being inappropriately like we didn't really get to see exactly what was happening, but he was touching the daughter and I want her to like scream and throw him out immediately. I don't want her to like see that, allow it, and then come up with a scheme and say, honey, dinner's ready. And it's just such a disconnected and disturbing reaction to the idea of how I protect my daughter is to let this man think he's getting away with this, where he kind of is getting away with it. I don't care if he was murdered. Like he, you let him, 
you know, kind he of. He only that. got away with it for so long. I think that that these are Ugh. confusing messages too, because if she did call him out on that, and again he was touching her thigh, she has a history of being abused, and so touching somebody's thigh can definitely lead to something else. We're not yeah. sure exactly where that was going to lead. It was alluded to, but I think if she did bring this up in that way, people will 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 almost like tell you that you're crazy for thinking this, especially mm-hmm. as a woman believing something about where things are being perpetrated in your direction. And I think she knows that, you know, that mm-hmm. people will not be listening to her in that way. So yeah. I, I know that she could scream and yell, but in her world, screaming and yelling got you smacked or got you shot or whatever it was. So she was really coming from the place that she knew and mm-hmm. protecting again, her daughter's much as possible. The thing I love about Ginny is that Ginny did kind of break the mold. She was really valued for her smartness, that she was in the AP classes, that she knew things. So Mm -hmm. her mom was teaching her to sting, but not to not be smart and not to really try to evolve into something. She was figuring it out the best that she could. The mom Mm -hmm. didn't believe that she had anything else, but she truly believed for Ginny. Yeah, I hope, yeah, that the mom believes in Janae's ability to oh, find totally. her. But she, then she's still kind of telling Jenny, like, you know, you have to watch out for a man and like, watch how I do this or watch out for a woman. Everyone's out to get you. And these girls, the shoplifting girls, like Jenny didn't speak up for herself. It was all just like... I can just see that Jenny's following the patterns of her mom in, in like an admiring way. Like, oh, my mom was right. She does know something. It really is power or passion. Um, she, she does feel- sometimes and then she moves away from it. She doesn't always. Uh-huh. Like, I think we're always incorporating what it is our parents tell us. And, and often yeah. what they're telling us is not necessarily the right thing for us. The right thing, yes. Right, it might be what it is that they're doing or or what they felt was best. I mean, I really do believe that the parents were trying the best they could to figure out how to make the life of their children better. And yeah, yeah, but but Ginny figures it out. Ginny really really can stick up for herself and exert herself in a certain way. And I think it's very interesting for her to, you know, to be a, a person of mixed race, you know, and considered black and have that experience and her mother not knowing what that experience is, which is a very different experience than her as, you know, a white blonde woman. So, and she really has to learn about it and she's learning and she's learning through many different ways and many different people. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I wanted, I wanted more of that in the show. I would be interested in that more because I know she arrived at the new school yeah. And then you could see in like meeting the new kid groups as they walked down the hall. This was similar to Wednesday and we've seen it in every <laughs> show we watch. This is such a teenage trope, right? It's that like they walk down the hallway and they point and that's the stoners and that's the jocks and here's the this and here's the that. And um, which category do you fit into or are you going to be a part of? Um, yeah, no, that's the struggle in high school. Absolutely. I, I honestly, I think that there are some things that feel a little bit more intense, but it doesn't feel that much more intense than the other shows that we're watching in some ways. Mm -hmm. And I think the themes are pretty similar. And I think that they, they are actually 
talking about them, trying to figure them out. They're actively going against some of them. And they're really trying to get people to notice like when you're self-harming that you need this kind of help, please call this number. They really are are talking about that. And self-harm is an interesting thing because it's really not people who are trying to kill themselves. It, it, it's really just about trying to feel something or something feel, yeah. different. Yeah. And it's an, it's just a, it's a fascinating thing because we have lots of feelings about the self-harming and, uh, and it is a, a real thing. People are, are really trying to figure out how to release some feelings. Yeah. 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 I guess that was alarming to me too, as a, just watching two episodes, there's no discussion of it, right? We see that she's self-harming the end. <laughs> there's no discussion. There's no evolution. There are not necessarily release or anything. She's just stuck in her life and doesn't know what else to do and has no one that she feels like she can trust or talk to. And then you see her close the door. Yeah. Her mom has no idea. No idea. It's a very private thing. And even in the best of well-intended families, there are things like that going on. I know it was going on in my house there. It's a lonely, isolated kind of thing and definitely something to, to work on, but they do work on it. They try to, she gets a lot of help in there and eventually it comes out. So just Uh so you know that I'm very hopeful about. I'm glad that, yeah, if somebody watched the whole season through, yeah, I hope it would be more of a discussion and not a, not seen as like, this is a, this is the way that you deal with your problems as you close the door and do this. And that's what everyone's doing. And that's what happens. Yeah, but I I don't think it it ever looked, it it always looked painful and it always looked very lonely. Mm -hmm. So I I really, I don't think that the message was meant to be, even though they hadn't discussed it yet, but really, Andrew, you're only two episodes in, there were 18 more episodes (laughs) to get there. (laughs) You're like, please make it stop. I know. I know. I know. No. And I don't even, I like heavy issues, right? Like euphoria, I think of as like a heavy issue show, like heavy issues are okay. But I, when it's presented in this like appealing way, it's so disturbing to me. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. It's not, it's not heavy issues. It sounds, it looks to me just like, um, continuing like this, idea of like women having no value other than sex and that's interesting yeah it's not the message throughout it is Mm -hmm. definitely a way in which people can exert some power and I think in our society it is true that that's mostly what women believe that they have and are, are told that they have and in some ways we haven't come that far but uh but we're trying this yeah, particular show definitely will evolve in a way that I think you might be pleasantly surprised. All right, good. Well, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I don't mean to like sit on you there, Angie, but <laughs> no, well, what happens with friendships? Are there good, trustworthy friendships? in the Absolutely. Show? And the, and the friendships change. I think the way friendships in high school do change that people misunderstand each other, that there are things that they learn about each other that they don't like. There are ways in which Ginny is trying to figure out in terms of of her being black and the relationship she's having there and having more friends of color. Like she's doing a lot of shifting and there's definitely some shifting. And, and I, I think that, that the friend groups are trying to do as best by each other as they possibly can mm -hmm. given their own struggles, each one of them with their own struggles. Right. And everybody yeah. having. Yeah. Interesting. Nice. I know. So I, I would, I'd like to continue with Ginny and Georgia. I'm so glad that you guys were watching and, uh, and I think we will do a little bit of it. And if it is so unbearable to you, Angie, I want you to like fight for it. Be like, no, don't watch this or whatever, whatever needs to happen in order for you to, you know, to, to really like, like, no, that actually it's not, oh, it's, it's not okay to continue this. Like we can actually stop the trend and the future generational stuff. And that's what we're trying to do. We're going okay. to stop the generational trauma that sexism has put upon us and all of these different oppressions. So this, this is what we do and this is why we do it. And we're so glad that you guys are coming along with us. We love you. We're mom and teen real talk. This is our initial talk about Ginny and Georgia. And we're, we're, we're going to possibly watch it because I, I think there's, there's something there. It's bringing up a lot of feelings at least. So if anything, we're going to have great heated discussions important discussions. I know that you can have those discussions with your teenagers and just get really, really, really close. All right. And if you guys want to work with us, if you want to figure out how to really do this as quickly or quicker than you're already doing it, or at least kind of learn the tools and the methods that we've been working with, that we've been cultivating, that we really are putting forth to make your lives go as, as well as it could possibly go, please get in touch with either myself or Angie. Everything will be in the show notes and we're there for you. All right, everybody. We love Thanks, you. everyone. If you want to really learn how to have the most meaningful, fun, connected conversations with your teenagers, get in touch with us and see if it makes sense to work together. You will stop future generational trauma, as well as really decrease the incidence of high-risk behaviors just by your strong and close connection. All right, speak to you soon.